0: This is Infipod.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Infipod. Well, our mental health has a large impact on our overall well being and how we function every day. You know, it dominates how we feel, think, and behave. It also impacts the choices we make, our relationships, our work, and the quality of our life, too. During this Mental Health Awareness Month, we are going to be discussing attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD in adults, which is a very common mental health disorder that we all should know about. And it is important for us to stay informed and aware to help and support ourselves, our loved ones and the people around us. So to talk about ADHD, we have with us Lisa Lenhart, Associate ADM Unit. She's here to share with us her journey and also to help us understand what's it like to live and manage her life with ADHD, both on the professional and personal front. First of all, Lisa, welcome to InfiPod. Good to have you here.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing great
1: Lisa, before we get to understand more about what's it like to live with ADHD and how you've been managing your life, first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Tell us about your education and your interests.
0: I'll start with my interests because I'm basically a fish out of water. I love swimming. I love scuba diving, sailing, and anything you could do that has anything to do with the ocean, I love it. And I primarily grew up in California. However... My years between eight and about 12, I grew up in the United States, Virgin Islands. So I had the water right there in my backyard, and my, I totally loved it. And then uh, my education, I, I'm i an older adult, and in 2005, it was my first attempt to go back to college, and one of my first classes was a learning disabilities class on how to succeed in college. Unfortunately, due to a divorce, I couldn't finish, but as I look back, I'm glad I wasn't able to finish at that time because... I didn't choose a major that would suit me for the rest of my life. And therefore, I had a chance later on to go back in 2017. And I was given that chance to obtain my of science de- degree in computer information technology and my associates of science in computer technology with an Android app developer. And nothing stopped me. I was able to start and go straight through it. I also was eligible because I have a mental disability of ADHD uh, for services from the California Department of Rehabilitation while going to school. DOOR is an employment and independent living for people with disabilities, and that could be physical or mental, and they also have services throughout the whole United States. I don't know about the world, but I know through the U.S., Then, July 2022, I was hired as an associate software developer with Emphasis. I moved from California to Phoenix area to work at the hub in Tempe, and I landed a project in October, and now I'm learning AWS, which is exactly the direction I wanted to go. When I first heard about cloud computing, I was like, oh, that's me. So now my technology interest started way back when I had MS-DOS, was my operating system and floppy drives at that time were very cool. (laughs) So that kind of dates me. But anyway, that's where technology with me started. My fascination with technology has always been how quickly it develops and grows. And I've always been passionate about developing.
1: Mm -hmm. So what is ADHD? I mean, can you describe what ADHD is to us in layman's terms? And how did you discover that you had ADHD, Lisa?
0: Yes, I'd be more than happy to. But before I tell you about my type of ADHD, do you mind if I mention CHAD? Because everybody should know what CHAD is. CHAD is an organization and national research specialist for people affected by ADHD. And that could be parents, could be children, it could be adults, professionals, teachers, whatever. And you could go there for assistance and resources. Their website is CHAD.org. So before medications... My life was unorganized and hectic. I couldn't follow a routine, even if I tried, because I would get sidetracked with many other things that I thought that I had to be done and completed beforehand. So I'd be ready, getting ready for work, for example. And all of a sudden, this thought in my mind that I have to order something online, because I have to have it today it would take over and I would go do that. And then, you know, as my mind kept racing and I would try and chase those thoughts and I would be like pinging all over the room of, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I've got a vacuum before I get ready. You know, all these little things. My mind raced so fast and you could probably hear it in my voice. I could not keep up with all my thoughts. I was not able to sit still. I wasn't able to listen to anyone speaking like for a lecture or a class or anything like that, much less actively listen to, to anyone. At times I would interrupt or blurt out inappropriate things that I thought were funny, but most people thought were odd. (laughs) So as I look back, I had my ADHD symptoms as a very get-go, as far as I could remember, growing up as a child. But these symptoms were managed by exercise for most of my younger years. I began competitive swimming at the age of four. Within a few years later, I was swimming 11 months out of the year, six days a week, with a two-hour swim practice and weight training in the mornings before school and another two- to three-hour practice after school. I was swimming up to 28 hours per week. This lasted for 14 years. However, once I quit swimming, my ADHD symptoms returned. So a friend of mine actually suggested to me probably about 25 years ago that I should go see a psychiatrist, and that's how I was diagnosed. I had to go through several tests and he immediately said that I was hyperactive. There's a several different types of ADHD. I have the hyperactivity with impulsivity, and it's a combined um, diagnosis.
1: So is there a routine that uh, Lisa follows? Can you tell us a little bit about your everyday routine, and why was it so important for you, uh, Lisa?
0: So I, I didn't like my life like that. So mm-hmm. I, I needed a routine. And so When my life with medications, I was able to develop a daily schedule and it made my life much more manageable. Of course, I didn't start everything at once. So some of these tips and tricks that I use to change my success may not work for everybody, but I use these on trial and error. And I tried with a little bit at a time. And as it worked, I continued using it. And if it didn't work, I let go of it. So I started my journey small so that I continued to build upon them that is how it was for me in in my life's journey has so far has been very wonderful
1: right and talk about a routine you also spoke about you know following a specific exercise are there any specific methods or tools that you use or find helpful to manage adhd especially at work
0: at work i i do a lot of uh, different things um so my routine actually for the day begins the night before with getting to sleep on time I ensure I have scheduled eight hours of sleep. Then I count backwards. I allow enough time to prepare for bed, which then becomes my bedtime. I have an alarm set to turn off all electronics and dim the light. The next alarm is lights out. And because I struggle with insomnia, that's highly important for me. And that's also the hardest thing for me to do. So seven days a week, I also try and keep the exact same schedule because it works for me. Then the essential, I use alarms on my phone. I have an iOS and I love all the different alarms that they have, you can set as many as you want. And the essential alarms for me begin with a backup to get up in the morning, take a shower because I could get sidetracked, uh, when to fuel my body, when to begin work, return phone calls or for meetings. I also have alarms set for the time of day to leave for an appointment. And this system has worked for me for years. Additionally, this is my favorite that I've recently found is I set a nine minute alarm before meetings start, which works great for me because there's no like waste of time in my head because I could snooze once, which is an eight minute snooze for iPhone. And then I have a minute to log on. After I make a calendar entry, I also set an alarm so that that way I don't forget that meeting. I usually start work in the morning from about six to seven in the morning Pacific time because I wanna master my craft. I don't wanna just do my job, I wanna master it. I also have an alarm that goes off at 5 p.m. to stop work because my bedtime routine is almost dialed in perfectly. However, I don't have a problem working past five. It's just that if I don't set that, I will mess up my night routine so that's why i have that and then i have lots of tools that i also use Um, first of all i like to keep things simple and i'm the first person who can make something difficult so therefore i try not to get overly stressed for great tips and tricks to manage time management relationships kids and other challenges with work or nutrition or anything else i subscribe to attitude digital magazine and it provides news and information for anyone affected by ADHD from children to professionals this digital newsletter is so great that they'll have webinars and they also have a section for people that love their ADD or ADHD devices and apps so that that way you don't have to reinvent the wheel and try all these apps out and find out that that one doesn't work for you (laughs) For work, I, every day I start off with a clean piece of paper. I write out what I must do or get finished before the end of the day. As things come up, I continue to add to it. I scratch things off, but I have not mastered the end of the day yet, so I'm still working on that. Life is a progress. <laughs> so I would like to mention some of the tools that I use to help me study, because as you know, be, becoming a software developer, it you know you've got to know things. You got to know the core values of concepts and everything else. So I use white poster-sized post-its for my walls, along with whiteboards, and that's where I write concepts or terms that I need to study. And I read the board several times throughout the day. Then during the test, of course, none of this is out when I'm taking a test. But I'll have memory recall where I wrote something down, where it is located, and the color of the marker I used. Like I could tell you right now what's written on my shower walls, and I could tell you where it's located, and I could, you know, I know all these things in my mind because that's how my mind works. Additionally, I also use scented markers when I'm writing on the white poster boards because I haven't found scented white markers, but (laughs) because the more ways you could get the sense is in your sensories. (laughs) I think that's what it's called. The better for memory uh, recall and long-term, or I should say the better for long-term memory recall. So in other words, do you remember the way chalk feels when you write it on a sidewalk? That feeling it's into your system, so into your senses, and that would help you remember something. So if you were to be able to find scented colored chalk, (laughs) you could go outside and write a concept on the sidewalk. Then I bet you could remember that almost for the rest of your life. I also use paper and digital flashcards because when I'm at the grocery store or when I'm waiting somewhere, those that's a great time to pull it out and review. Then, as I mentioned earlier, I also have shower crayon where I write anything that has like steps to remember that you need to put them in order. I have all that written on my shower walls. I also love music. I can't live without music. I need music to go with any of my moods. I listen to classical study music for when I'm studying and want it to go into memory. There's just a lot of great music that you could put into your day. And music just helps me so much to stay in the moment, and it seems like I get more things done with the music. And lastly, one of the things I also use for memory recall, because it's all about memory recall for me, is that you get the purest oils you could get, and I highly recommend you don't get any from the grocery store. (laughs) But my favorites are... Brain Power, Velour, Rosemary, and Clarity. Those work great for people with ADHD, the type that I have, and they're great for memory recall. So when you're studying for a test or you're studying to be certified, you put a little bit on the uh, lower part of your nose or on your wrist Mm -hmm. and study that way. And then when it comes time for your test, you put that same scent on underneath your nose and on your wrist, and it helps with the memory recall. So those are the tips that I use besides everything's color-coded.
1: Now, when you said tools and methods that you've been following throughout the week, how has it been part of Infi? Tell us about your journey at Infosys so far. How has it helped you advance your career and maintain your overall wellness, Lisa?
0: Oh, I have loved working for Infosys. In fact, I feel blessed to be working for Infosys. One of my biggest um, fears when going to college was, is I don't want to work for a tech company that doesn't believe in ethics, integrity, privacy, and security, <laughs> because those are the most important values to me. And I needed to be lined up with a company. And when I found out emphasis was like that, I knew that emphasis was the place for me. I also have support from the HR team at the Phoenix Hub located in Tempe. That always uh, confused me that it's called the Phoenix Hub but it's in Tempe. I also have support from my project manager who's very helpful. I can text him if I needed to or, you know, we talk once a week and it's great. I'm have become the PR advisor for iSocials. I don't know if you've heard of iSocials, but that started at the Phoenix Hub in Tempe and it's been a fabulous opportunity to bring influencers together and develop relationships and fun things to do while you're at work. So I also volunteer for ISETS and Foundation USA. I feel connected to emphasis and I plan to be here for a long time because that connection and feeling a part of a company that I work for is essential for my career development and growth, especially since I have ADHD. I love the connection.
1: Right. Glad to hear that. You know, here's a very pertinent question and how important is it to get help when it comes to mental health?
0: First of all, whether you have mental health or not, we all need resources and mentors to help us succeed. And that's especially important for anybody who's got mental health issues, especially, you know, I can only speak for myself. You know, I don't know anyone who has become successful without receiving help from a mentor or resources. I mean, I just don't know anybody. So we all, you know, it's a team. It takes everybody to make it. So, and then additionally, everyone's got stuff. So whether you've got diabetes, or whether you're going through a divorce or whether your child's sick, you take care of them and you take care of them no differently than a mental health person needs to take care of their mental health. So we all have stuff. So if you you think of it as stuff, we all have something and you just take care of it. You have to do the things that, that helps you get better. So additionally, I also accept others for their strengths. I don't judge them. And when somebody reaches out for help, I do my very best to assist them because asking for help can be like two tons of stagnation weight sitting on somebody's back. I know that from personal experience, and that's how I was before I was medicated. And giving service to somebody is actually a blessing. And I encourage everybody to to not let that stressful day get in their way, but to reach out if somebody's asking for help and give them the help they need if it's possible. But getting mental health from a psychiatrist is highly important to be productive and a member of society and to maintain your relationships. Without a psychiatrist, you wouldn't be able to get your prescriptions, at least in the United States. I don't know how it is anyplace else. Um, life would be very difficult and it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, if you have two diabetes, would you go without your medication? No. <laughs> right. So a good psychiatrist will also listen to you and offer suggestions and tips on cool devices that could benefit your life. And I've just loved all my psychiatrists. There's not one that I did not like. Uh, one of my psychiatrists mentioned a sunlight alarm clock. This is such a cool alarm clock because the sun will naturally rise in your bedroom for 30 minutes. And towards the last couple of minutes, you could set it to go off with the radio station or you could choose from four different sounds. I have mine set to a rooster and it always wakes me up feeling so happy. But I'm already a happy person. But it, I just feel about a thousand times better when I wake up to my natural sunlight. I, I can't explain it. It It's amazing. Then I was also informed. I, I said to my psychiatrist once, I always get tired in the afternoon, but it's too late to drink caffeine. And she says, oh, well, there's a blue light that you could get. And that blue light is scientifically um, been tested that it works. And you just put it in front of you for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And it's like having a cup of Of caffeine without the effects of the caffeine. It's very cool. Also, as I've mentioned before, routine's important, Mm -hmm. but life happens. And this is one thing that people with um, mental illness, and I don't know how it affects, you know, ordinary people, I should say, not normal, because what is normal, right? That change will always happen and change is good. And so the best way to look at change, because you don't want it to affect the disruption in your routine, is to stop and realize that there's change happening, and go with the flow, adapt quickly, and design a new routine from that moment going forward. And that's the way that I develop uh, my all my routines that I have, which are constantly changing. And I no longer feel any time out of control. And it takes a lot to derail me because I've had lots of practice.
1: (laughs) Give us that one message about mental health that you'd like to share with people around you. What would you like to tell them?
0: So it's also very imperative to celebrate every single success, no matter how small successes you are. You want to focus on success because people I find uh, my friends with mental illness. It seems like we have a better chance of thinking negatively, but you could change that thinking with positive thoughts. And eventually your mind is only positive thoughts. So every little success that you have, you want to celebrate it. And all those little tiny successes will turn into a giant leap. No matter how you feel for that day, I always recommend you to suit up and show up for work. We all have mental days. Even ordinary people do, which is okay. And mental days are great days to reach out to help others. And why can't we talk about, oh, I'm just struggling mentally today, but I'm here and I want to help. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Thank you for that message. Thanks for giving us an understanding and awareness about ADHD and taking us through your journey and giving us an insight into your life. Thank you for joining us on Infipod.
0: Oh, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Well, you know, research suggests that about 2.5 to 4.4% of American adults are affected by ADHD. But unfortunately, even in other parts of the world, many people still consider mental health to be a taboo and are not aware of some of the most common disorders or their symptoms. You know, to make it easier for such folks and to extend our support, it is time that we as a society come forward and normalize seeking help for mental disorders. You know, with a support system in place, Just like how, you know, Lisa mentioned a little while ago, challenges too can be catalyzed as strengths and can make people capable of success with incredible achievements. So it is necessary for us to recognize and appreciate everyone's unique qualities. You know, there's more to everybody than just their disorders or disabilities, right? So let us come together this Mental Health Awareness Month to break the stereotypes and take an oath to make this world more inclusive and a better place for all. With that, it's a wrap on this episode. Thank you for listening.
0: This is Infipod.